<laughs> Don't look at me. You yawn in the microphone. Uh, hey, I didn't pop my jaw in the microphone. Hey, hey. Okay, here we go. From some far flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? Shut up. This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers from all around the globe. Welcome back to Bangkok, Thailand. I am Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Together, we thank you for following along with our journeys around the world. Coming up on the program today, Gabor from TapeWrite will talk about a drug smuggling story, and I am completely not kidding. But before we get into that, honey, I effing love these pants. I know, you changed out of what you had on to put those on. <laughs> that is how much I love these pants. That's something I would do. I'm telling you, these are the most amazing pants ever. Uh, so you guys know, or you guy know, our single listener, um, that, that Travelsmith is a sponsor of, of our show and our travels around the world. Thank you very much, Travelsmith. And as part of the deal, we get uh, clothes sent to us on a regular basis, on a monthly basis. We do. I have just ordered some, I think, like that. So. These are, I pulled it up, the uh, Men's Flyaway 5 Pocket Pants, and they are the most perfect pants for Bangkok or anywhere hot and sweaty. And I know this sounds like a commercial, but I am telling you, actually, I'm going to let Sheila tell you, how often do I wear these damn things? Three or four times a week. I think you wash them like every other day. I wash them. Well, I don't do that. But as soon as I do wash them, I, them I back hang on. them out to dry, which takes minutes, like like single, well, not single digit, but I mean double digit minutes, but like the first number is no bigger than a two. And they are totally dry. And they are awesome. And they are wonderful. I love these pants. I, I hope mine are as fabulous. I'm sure they will be. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. What did you want to talk about today? I want to talk about life in Bangkok, because what folks have come to expect from our show and the things that we experience. And I want to give props and a shout out, because quite often, quite often Bangkok and, and Bangkok government and Thailand government in general gets kind of a bad rap of being, well, governmental. That is true. Inept. Sometimes. Corrupt. Sometimes. Again, substitute your country name in for all this as well. Don't think this is unique here. <laughs> no. But uh, And also Bangkok in general gets a rap for being kind of a nasty and dirty and blight-filled city. I think it depends on where you're at. But I think possibly. so too, but it has that reputation, yes? Yeah. And yeah. there are definitely parts that are, that are not very nice. Right. But recently, the city has announced a program to clean up the blight in Bangkok. How are they going to do that? By removing all the phone booths. Well, they... Okay. I, <laughs> they're not really a blight. They're kind of antiquated. Like, they're orange and green. And I don't know. I But I have seen people here using them. So I don't think they're, like, not, you know, useful. Listen, according to the press release... The department deputy chief, someone, I'm not even going to pronounce it, said yesterday the plan to remove 4,417 public telephone booths is underway. 
4,417. I have some other things that they could do as a priority over that. More than 4,417 blight-filled phone booths that are the epicenter of nastiness and atrocity in this town? Really? What is worse (laughs) than 4,400 plague-infested, zombie-spewing, because that's all that could be happening. (laughs) These phone booths, I tell you, are to blame for all of Bangkok's woes. Oh, uh, no drama there, right? In other news, um, there are these things called phone booths, kids. Ask your parents. But, But we saw somebody recently use one with a cell phone in hand. Well, that is true. They're a little complicated. I could get, I get that. You know, you, you, you need to use the cell phone to like read a map or something, and then you need to call somebody, and so you call it. I bet most people listening to this show or the single person that listens, you couldn't do that. You could not pull out your phone and go to a phone booth and use a phone booth. Why? No more phone booths. Right, right. And if they are there, what's it matter if they're there or not? I mean, it's not like they take up a lot of space. When is the last time you honey, used a phone booth. I... Let me change that. Can you think in your entire lifespan of 29 young years on this planet Earth, have you ever used a phone booth? Um, yeah, I think I did back when I was like in high school and things like that, possibly. But I've had a, f- I've had a cell phone since like 92, 93. Right. So, I mean, I wouldn't have had a reason to use one. You've never had to look at something? like What about that one guy right there pulling out a cell phone, using it, talking on a cell phone? You've never had to do that? Uh, no. Okay. Anyhow, back to the blight of Bangkok, (laughs) and that is all completely documented scientifically. It's all the fault of the phone booths. Okay. I'm going to take your word on that. (laughs) Is there something you would prefer they clean up first other than the 4,417 plague rat ridden phone booths. Yes. The canal outside of our place has massive amounts of trash. And I'm pretty sure that if you took a fishing net and just scooped like even maybe for 30 minutes every day, you know, for two weeks, you could probably clean it out and then it would be maintenance like maybe once a week. That assumes there's not other trash just down the road waiting to come in here. Maybe, there, maybe that what you're seeing out there is a, is a trash dam. And if you remove the trash dam, then the trash river continues to flow. <laughs> I think you've thought about this way too much. <laughs> I think that's possible. I don't know. Now, I suppose you're right, though. I mean, if you think about that for a minute, take, take a, you said a fishing net. And I'm thinking more of the net you clean a pool with. Uh, that would work. A pool cleaning net and, and dig out this, this, well, not, this. There's no digging. Digging is not the thing to do. I mean, this is, what's, what's the, the, the blight? What is, what is on this clong, by the way, is what it's called. It's not a canal. It's a clong. There are um, bottles and I think I see cans out there and just, just debris and trash. It's your standard refuse of humanity floating on top. Mostly plastic bags, bottles, right. things of, of that particular nature. So take those, bag them up, and then do what with them? I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought that far out. Okay, got it. Let's go back to the phone booths because I think that's the bigger problem here. <laughs> I don't think that's the bigger problem. I'm telling you, it's 
everything stems on these phone booths. Now, again, you probably are out there thinking about what is wrong with these phone booths, right? I mean, how terrible can they be? Honey, explain how terrible the phone booths actually are. I don't think they're bad. <laughs> again, they're they're kind of you know, they're kind of a classic look, so I don't think they're bad Yeah, they at all look like phone booths, and it's not like these things are with the glass broken out of them. Right. They're not graffitied up. Not at all. They're, they're not full of trash inside. I mean, they're they just not look like, like a New York City phone booth. They just look like phone booths. Right. Phone booths that no one's using, you know, because it's 2016. Right. And cell phone service in Thailand is very good and very cheap. So exactly. So no, no one has to use a phone booth. So I get that they're un used but when it comes to blight on the streets there are other priorities yeah i think there's a lot of things they could they could actually do i don't know i you know i can't see taking out the phone booths um for one reason to give space on the sidewalks because sometimes the the phone booth takes up so much space. Oh, right. Like the walk from our place to our dry cleaner. There was that one intersection where there's a, there's a utility pole and right. there's the phone booth. And you cannot squeeze by without stepping onto the street. Exactly. Right. So you're right. Taking that would also give more room. But if you give more room on the sidewalks in Bangkok, you know what's going to happen. More motorcycles on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm wondering how much it costs to remove a phone booth because it's not like you can just take take it out. Like, what is the 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 true cost of removing one? That is an excellent question. Um, the the cost of phone booth removal could probably be significantly dropped down if they made it a public art project. Ooh, I like that idea. Like, rather than removing the phone booth, which you're right, because I mean, you've got to yank it, and then you've got that hole that you've got to refill, and where right. do you take it to? What if they said you can adopt a phone booth and I, then transform said phone booth into something, you know... Artistic? Yeah. I would adopt one. Like, turn one, I mean, obviously, the first thing you would do is turn one into a TARDIS. I mean, you'd be dumb not to, but make right. it blue and make it a, 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 instead of being a Thailand-type uh, phone booth, it would become a, a British police box. Yeah. Exactly. Easy to do, right? What else would you do with a, uh, if you think about a phone booth and the size of a phone booth, and uh, again, windows aren't cracked out of these things, they're, they're, they're in decent repair. I mean, they're dirty, but this is Bangkok. Everything is dirty. Right. What do you think you could turn the phone booth into, honey? I would probably use one as a planter and take out the top part of it and let, like when it rains, let the rain come down. Where would you put the plants? I'm not sure I'm following. Take, so the like roof is gone. The, like where a seat would, would have gone. I don't think these have seats, but okay. I think you could put like a, a stack of um, little shelves and right. and put plants in there. But then wouldn't you have to actually go inside to see the plants? I mean, the plants would be trapped inside of a like a small rectangular chimney-sized greenhouse? I, I would probably take out pieces of the... It, this is getting way complicated. Let's do especially it. on my... We can do <laughs> it. my spur-of-the-moment thought here. This is ideal. Um, I would probably take out pieces of the glass and put in almost like window blocks. Okay. So that you could see in and it was all clear. All right. All right. I think I would turn them into replicas of existing buildings nearby. Like, oh, like okay. Like one 90-second scale replicas of the condo out front. 
<laughs> That's kind of funny. And just completely <laughs> redo the entire thing, you know, paint it on. If, if you, you find some sort of a rectangular, I mean, foam boost looks a little bit like skyscrapers. Right. Except they're, you know, they're only eight feet tall. So redo it to, to mirror the one that's right behind it. And then, and then, you could set up the most awesome photo pranks. Oh, yeah. Right? You could I mean, just set the whole thing up. Maybe your own little diorama. Oh, Bangkok as an entire <laughs> diorama, the whole city. This is awesome. We will have a 192nd scale version of Bangkok done with 4,172 or whatever the number was, foam booths in Thailand. Oh, this is awesome. This is why I go to work every day. I'm calling the guy in charge of the coup. We're taking care of this stuff right now. I don't know if you've ever uh, transferred or uh, arrived to Amsterdam Schiphol Airport. I have not. It's it's one of the most uh, secure airports in Europe. Any story that starts off with a statement of the relative security of an international airport should be suspect. And when it's told during a conversation between Evo and Gabor from TapeRight... I'm Gabor, uh, Gabor Lieber, and I'm the co-founder and uh, designer of TapeRight.com. It probably should come with a parental warning. Why? Because uh, of Amsterdam's uh, drug policy, a lot of people tend to try to smuggle uh, drugs from there. Some stories are a little more risque than others. Uh, like how we smuggled accidentally drugs to Rome. Yeah, like that. Okay, let's see what happens. Uh, well, we've been living in Amsterdam for three years, uh, until the end of last year, actually. Okay. And, yeah, you know, there are... The, the policy is much more uh, light, much lighter on, uh, on lighter drugs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, like, it's just like drinking beer or, or uh, you know, drinking a glass of wine and you just uh, eat a space cake. So yeah, actually, I had uh, by accident a space cake in, my, uh, in, in the pocket of my, uh, ge- uh, if my uh, jacket. Now, a, a, a space cake. What is, what is a space uh, cake? A space cake is, uh, is just a brownie, basically, which has... Um, Elements, which is some marijuana usually baked in. So it's a marijuana brownie. Okay, it's space just, cake. Yeah, yeah it okay. makes you happy, but not only because of the chocolate content. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. We're dripping the, the, several different kinds of chemicals to make the body happy. And- yeah, and uh, yeah, I had it accidentally because I think we went out a few days before. And uh, when we go out, we usually don't, we didn't drink uh, much alcohol or any alcohol and just uh, eat it and just, you know, feel happy. <laughs> or sure, happy. sure. Uh, with friends, and then uh, I had it in my jacket, and uh, we passed uh, airport security. We were flying to Rome, and then we arrived, and then I'm just uh, reaching into my pocket because I thought my passport is there, and then I, I you know, there is this uh, bag <laughs> wrapped in uh, in uh, aluminium tin foil. And I said, what is this? And then I opened it up, and then it's yeah, it's a space cake. So <laughs> oh my, <laughs> it was it was on the air, in the airports, so we quickly ate it. Quickly, <laughs> right. That's the only one thing to do is eat the evidence before it gets there. So yes. you had, you had, you had smuggled it all the way through. You you you'd, exactly. you'd, you'd gone through security. You nobody had and questions. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's this. I mean, in the U.S., I guess it's uh, fairly common that you have these uh, full body scanners and heat scanners and yes. things like that. Yes. But in Europe, especially in other parts where uh, we were living before, it's not that common. So a security check is usually just uh, the bag, X-ray, and then that's it. 
so that's all that happened to you on the way out. You got your bag was X-rayed. You walked through yeah, probably yeah, a, metal, a metal detector, but because even though this thing was wrapped in aluminum foil, it didn't make the, uh, the that metal detector go off. Yes, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Clearly, no drug dogs were were involved because no, nobody. No, was actually, there. we have never seen drug. We've traveled a lot from uh, from Schiphol and uh, the airport in Amsterdam and. We've never seen dogs, so uh, maybe they are hiding somewhere. <laughs> did you immediately think, I'm going to get arrested in the airport after smuggling? I was happy that I didn't get arrested <laughs> because you know, that, that would have made uh, a more interesting story now. But uh, maybe, uh, yeah, a couple of nights uh, spent in jail in Rome, maybe not. <laughs> it was not uh, on our way to Asia because the drug uh, policies uh, are much um, stricter here, especially in Singapore, I heard. Yeah, they yeah they they do not mess around in some of these airports. So so you managed to leave the most secure one of the more secure drug airports, land in Rome, and yeah. uh, and, and managed to be okay. But yeah, you're you're very fortunate you didn't try to go somewhere else. Although smuggling weed into the Vatican would be a would be a great story to tell. the show. Next week, I'm on vacation, and I really need it. Whose bright idea was this for us to settle down and for me to get a job? I don't remember voting on this. Mm, yeah, right. So anyhow, uh, next week is Songkran, a celebration of Thai New Year. Yes, that's right. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Chinese New Year, and just a few weeks before that, we celebrated, you know, the New Year, New Year. Uh, we must have lots of calendars uh, in, in Thailand or we just enjoy, you know, celebrating the New Year's. Who knows what's what's coming up next? Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode. For Evotera, I'm Sheila D. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. See you next post-Songkran, uh, probably from right here in Bangkok. Funding for this podcast and all the great content Shivo produce is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards to pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit shivo.wtf, how appropriate, for more details and click on the house sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. <laughs>